Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Hey, this is Lisa, and you can find me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon. Uh, every show is free, obviously. You're listening to this for free. But if you want to support us on the Patreon, you can. That's at www.patreon.com slash I love that movie. And if you sign up, you do get a bonus episode. So right now, um, mostly just covering what I'm watching in theaters and, you know, talking a lot about uh, what I'm watching on TV as well. If you can call it TV anymore, maybe it's just content now, but, you know, talking about like Stranger Things and, you know, everything else that's not movies that are, you know, something that my guest has chose, that's on the Patreon. Um, and I do want to take a moment to thank my top patrons, and they are Chris Balga, Jeff Widman. Philip Barker and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you hear today, and I hope you do, please subscribe and rate this show. It does help new listeners find us. Um, so I have a new guest here today. I have Mark from the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Say hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hey. Well, nice to have another movie podcast on this podcast. I'm, I, I can tell you like movies. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I, I live for them. I've watched entirely too many just this year alone. <laughs> well, you're in good company uh, on that. But if you want to, can can you kind of introduce yourself a little bit? You can talk about your podcast and your in your background with movies. Uh, absolutely, I've been a, a longtime movie watcher, but I never considered myself a critic until I, I uh, studied English literature in college. Amazingly, when when story and plot and character became really important. Um, so, uh, you know, and it's funny how that translates to film. So, uh, God, it's almost six years now ago. Um, I conned a couple of people into doing the visually stunning movie podcast with me to actually talk about films, uh, sometimes seriously, sometimes not so seriously. Um, uh, but it's been, it's been a great ride. And, uh, if you want to check out what we do, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at VS Movie Podcast uh, or go to vsmoviepodcast.com where you will get everything I could possibly do written and blurbing. Uh, but no, it, it's like you. Yeah, if you love movies, you just feel compelled to talk about them. Sometimes writing about them isn't enough. You just need to have someone to talk with. And I think yes. that's the fun part of doing stuff like this. 100%. And if this is your first time listening, my guests actually pick the movie. So sometimes I get questions like, when are you going to talk about this movie, or that movie? I'm like, when you pick it. So with that said, what movie did you choose to talk about today? Oh, tonight I chose a film that I, you know, I, everyone loves him for it. Uh, and a lot of people hate him for it simultaneously. The 1994 debut of one Kevin Smith clerks. 
Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you my background. And I feel like if I don't, people are going to call me out on this. I always get questions that are like, what if you aren't a huge fan of a movie? Or what if you're not, you know, what, well, by the way, it doesn't apply to this, but I'm just, you know, people are like, what if you hate it? Or what if you aren't as interested? Or what would you do? You know, because this show, we talk about how much we love movies. Um, and to that, I say, what's really exciting to me about visiting movies that maybe I haven't visited before, or maybe I even didn't like before, or maybe just that I'm not as interested or something like that. What's cool about having someone on that really loves it is they kind of, well, number one, you you revisit it, right? So you might've put it in a wheelhouse of like, oh, I, I'm not as interested or whatever reason you had for not seeing it. Um, so you watch it again and you're viewing it through the eyes of someone that loves it. So as you watch it, you're like, I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to talk about this with someone that really loves it. So I would say that I'm probably not a big Kevin Smith fan, if I'm honest. I'm on eggshells here. I'm feeling anxious <laughs> admitting this on air <laughs> because I feel like most of the people that listen to this podcast love Kevin Smith. Um, but that being said, it was kind of exciting to me to revisit this movie because I have seen it before, but I knew that we were going to talk about today loving it. So I'm happy to report <laughs> that I saw it again and I saw it differently this time than the first time I saw it. And I think I've only seen this movie twice now. So we'll talk more about that as we get into it. But hopefully that didn't terrify you and we can still have a good conversation about it. I think so. I'm done talking about me and my experience with the movie. Let's talk about you. When did you first see this? What is your history with this film? Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, I, I people always ask us like, well, when did you first see this film? I mean, there was a... And I, and I honestly, I don't remember the first time I see a lot of films. I mean, I remember how I maybe felt the first time, but I couldn't tell you, oh, I saw that in my junior year of high school or whatever. Um, because, and there was a big swath of time where I just didn't see movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was in the military and, you know, I had a, I had a, a young child. I was working all the time and movies just A, were expensive and B, I didn't have the time for. Yeah. Um, so you find a lot of stuff on, you know, on cable if if all you young kids out there remember cable before you cut <laughs> all the cords, uh, but you know, cable. And uh, you know, I, I, I freely admit that I carried a blockbuster and a Hollywood video membership card. So I rented both tapes oh, and DVDs. Uh, and so, you know, you see a lot of movies there. So I, I don't remember the first time I saw clerks, but I, I can tell you that the, that the first time I saw it, I was just, I, it, it was almost uh, shell shock. Um, because it, it was so, I mean, he, Kevin Smith wrote the film about his really his life in New Jersey. Um, right. Right. And then, but, but I recognized like all of the, all of the archetypes in this film, all of his, all of his characters. I'm like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know her. I know him. I know her. And, you know, and, and you see, and I, and I see myself in a lot of, of, of his characters, but what I really remember is just the 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 really tight and machine gun dialogue mm -hmm. um, that that his characters have. Um, I think I think his I'm going to call it patter, uh, but that back and forth stuff I I like that better than I like the way he I, I like his monologues, but I like that better than I like 
some of his monologues that he'll give mm -hmm. his characters. Um, and as it turns out, as a frustrated writer, I tend to write a, a lot of dialogue. And so it, 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 that appealed to me. It's like, you can actually do just a lot of stuff really creatively with, with that dialogue. And people are like, Oh, show don't tell. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you, you can show a lot through dialogue. You can learn a lot about a character, not talking about themselves, you know, Oh, for sure. So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't, absolutely. So it, it, it's, but the, but the way he, he constructs his dialogue is just so you learn so much from them talking about nothing or something completely foreign. You, you just, you learn so much about his characters. And, and I just, I loved the way that worked. Um, and for the record, I, I always fancied myself a Randall Graves, but I'm really probably more of a Dante Hicks. Um, <laughs> I think we're probably all more of a Dante, right? He's definitely all, like the straight all, man. He's not the cool one. And so we probably all see ourselves more in him unless we're really, really cool, which, you know, I, is something I definitely cannot claim to be. So <laughs> but we all wish we were Randall. Right, right, right. Because he's so honest and he's so raw about like who he is. Whereas Dante is sort of kind of, it takes him the whole movie to really admit to himself who he is yeah, and, and, <laughs> and i think we'll not, probably yes. vibe with that yeah exactly and i think you know for me i think when this came out let's see well when it came out truthfully i probably would have been nine or something like that so i didn't see it then oh, I, feel <laughs> so, I feel so old now <laughs> but when i was a little older i guess teenager you know 18 19 20 around there I wonder if part of the reason why I didn't like this movie is I needed to have some more distance from this time period in my life to appreciate it more. Like almost like it's a little too close to home in some the, ways. It's a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the, the other movie like that, that is especially at the time was painful for me to watch is that movie. Uh, I think it's just called waiting. You know, that movie about waiting tables oh, with Ryan Reynolds. Yes. That, I, I, I that don't movie, think I've ever actually watched the entire thing. Oh, God. Well, when it came out, I was waiting tables. And I remember watching it and thinking literally while I was watching it, I have to quit. Like, I can't I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, right. this is a depressing mirror of what my life is like. Like, like and going I think, to college and watching Real Genius. Yeah, it's like <laughs> with this movie, I think I, I kind of um, like Dante, I guess, maybe thought I was better than this movie. And then now in hindsight, I'm like, no, I think maybe I related more to this than I realized. But yeah, I think maybe I needed more time away from that point in my life. And so that's why now it's like easier to watch. <laughs> so anyway, that's well, just me telling on myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it, 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 it is, it, it's an easy watch if you just, I mean, because it's, it, it is crude. Um, it is hard. It is blunt. It is very raw. I mean, his writing is raw, but you, I mean, you see why you hate to invoke the, the name of Harvey Weinstein, but you see by you see why Weinstein bought it for Miramax. Um, yeah, so, I, I would say. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, so so you know it is all there. It is really raw, but if you watch it, there's also, uh, in a lot of ways, a a real sense of joy in mm -hmm. the film that if you can identify with that, because there are there are moments that are just really joyful. Yeah, and and. and those are always fun to, to happen back across because it always seems to happen again. And this just terrible, horrible, no good 
day for Dante. <laughs> uh, but then there's those moments where, you know, just for that brief fleeting moment, all was right with the world. And then it's gone. And, and, and it reminds you that, yeah, those moments do exist. You, no matter how bad your day is, there's always a moment that reminds you it, that, that you'll be okay. For sure. And, you know, I think one thing I thought about, and we always kind of talk about stuff like this on the show too. I wondered how some of the humor would age, you know? Um, I remember back when I was younger, um, I had a friend that was a really big Kevin Smith fan and, and there were some of the movies I, I didn't like as much or some of the jokes or whatever. And he said, oh yeah, I think, you know, Lisa's very sensitive to vulgar stuff. And I was like, no, that's not it. Um, but now that I'm like watching this again, I think like, I, I wonder what a younger person would think watching this. Um, I would say a lot of it is about the context of like, the nineties, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and what the nineties were like and how, I mean, this movie like has a really like, isn't it like, wasn't it originally like NC 17 or something like that? Uh, is that right? Or, or it, they tried to give it a, like a really hard R because of well, the language, which sounds should, dumb it, now. It probably should be. I know. Right. Well, yeah. It's, like it's, now it's you're like, there's no R. nudity. There's no nudity. There's no, but at the same time, the things they were talking about, I think in the nineties were so taboo. It's like, it was shocking to see a movie and see people talk like this at a film almost yeah. like there were movies with curse words and everything and sex was in movies still. But I think this movie just, it, it sort of implied like, Hey, this is what people actually talk like, you know? And for some people that's a bridge too far. I, I know and, because God forbid we, we, we put in our movies how people actually are. Exactly. And I think, you know, when you're thinking about, say, like the Reagan era and like a lot of censorship and stuff like that, I really see this movie as like a reaction to that, you know. So while some of the jokes, maybe today we might go, oh, I, I'm not sure about this or I'm not sure about that or how does that play? It's like keep it in the context of like, you know, talking about sex and and talk and using the words that they're using is almost like taboo. You know, like I feel like now when we watch movies, we're desensitized to a lot of that stuff. But I feel like there was a moment in time where this was just like, that's why it spoke to people so much is they were like, wow, I'm like watching this movie and people are acting like how they really act. And they really discuss all these things that are typically taboo in film. So I don't know. I, I just, again, like watching it so many years later, I just have like a different view of how I saw it the first time. Yeah. It's if it was released today, I don't know that it, I, I think it does. Okay. I don't know that it becomes what it is. Um, yeah, exactly. Because, because, and it, and it is part of it. You know, the language is not shocking anymore. I mean, some, there's a couple spots where you're like, whoo, uh, just, <laughs> just, just not any particular word, but the strings of them. And right. you know, the, the sequences of the conversations might put a few people, people off, but yeah, it is again, but which, which makes it all the more remarkable really when you look back at it, that mm -hmm. it was made in 1994 and somebody put it on a movie screen and people paid money to see it. Exactly. And, you know, I was thinking watching it too, that we had an idea on film of what nerds are like, you know, um, and nerds are, you know, like in the movie revenge of the nerds, they're smart, they're geeky. Um, they're picked on, um, they're outcasts. And in this movie, it shows like a different profile of a nerd that's kind of cool, 
in some ways. You know, they do drugs, they drink, they party, they sleep around, um, but they still like all those geeky things. And I think that really spoke to a lot of people because I think that's maybe a more relatable picture of a nerd than a genius, you know, at least for me again, well, adding myself as not a genius. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I, I see where, what you're saying. The, the idea of, of nerddom um, between, you know, in the last, Oh dear Lord, what is it? 28 years. Wow. Uh, since this film came out, uh, that's, <laughs> I know it's that's, kind of scary to think crazy. about. <laughs> um, but no, the idea of, of nerd, I mean, you, you hear it a lot in pop culture. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, nerds run the world now, not just, 100%. you know, the, the nerds, they're not just, you know, working the computers, they're running the companies and they're choosing what films are being made. And, and, you know, Elon Musk is building, you know, he's sending spaceships into space and, you know, and he's a nerd by, mm-hmm. you know, by the old yeah. definition. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so the evolution of nerd, um, it, it, the, I think some people would still like nerd to be the pejorative that it used to be um but even even back in the day it was never really among nerds i mean nerds were always proud of it but they understood their their social caste and so they just operated within it i think like they we i'll say it i was a nerd uh i'm still a nerd but yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, we're on a movie we'll, podcast right we'll, now. We'll you find have our a movie way. podcast. We're you nerds. Know, it's okay. Yeah, but the, you know, <laughs> the, the nerds figured out that eventually, because even you know, because the, uh, and even if you go if you go all the way back to the John Hughes film, stop and think about it. Everyone, you know, high school uh, doesn't last forever, and the ones that were most terrified of that were the popular kids. Sure, it was never the nerds were always ready to go. Yeah, and you they know couldn't what I wait mean? to get out of there. Yeah, because because <laughs> at least maybe that's I'm that's not my the world. Experience. You know, life yeah, life doesn't doesn't revolve around that. So it's 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 an interesting evolution of nerd uh, from this. Uh, I I never actually considered these guys. Well, now I guess in retrospect, I mean they talk everyone, about everyone Star is, Wars, I, comics. You know what I mean? Like is a nerd about something. Yeah, that's true. Because if you stop and think about it, in the in in the 50s you know think about george lucas doing uh american graffiti all those gearheads they -hmm. were all car nerds but they were not nerd nerds you know what i mean for sure but they were car nerds so so technically nerds have been around for a long time everyone is a nerd about something everyone there's an expression nerding out yeah everyone has something they can nerd out about for sure and if you can do that you're a nerd (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent um so th- the next part of of this podcast i usually talk about a couple of quick facts um oh wait i'm getting ahead of myself i'm gonna read a summary as if people don't know what this movie's about um i will say that if you haven't seen this movie before i would pause here and go watch it i actually saw it for free on tubi so a little plug there um but I would go watch it and come back. And if you're still here, this is the summary of the movie clerks. So Dante is called in to cover his shift at his New Jersey convenience store on his day off. 
His friend Randall helps him pass the time, neglecting his video store customers next door to hang out at the quick stop. The uneventful day is disrupted by news that one of Dante's ex-girlfriends has died, and after attending her memorial service, Dante muses over staying with his current girlfriend, Veronica, or reuniting with his ex, Caitlin. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah, so not, um, you know, can't be too worried about spoilers, right? I mean, that's not, it's about the journey, not the destination, exactly. right? So, then <laughs> um, then the next part of this podcast, I usually talk about a couple of quick facts. I'm sure listeners out there and you yourself, Mark, probably have way better facts than I'm about to give you. Um, but I'm going to give a couple and, and, you know, jump in when you want or give some to. Here we go. So the first one I have is that Kevin Smith, we know he is a keen comic book fan. Uh, he's actually sold a large part of his collection to help fund this film. Um, I like to, on IMDb, they added, he has since been able to buy most of them back. I'm like, yeah, I would imagine he might have some money to buy things back now. Yep, and he, and he, <laughs> after uh, and he maxed out his credit cards. I mean, is it a movie, especially back then, if you don't do that? <laughs> is it an indie film? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one of the other ones I have was that Jason uh, Jason Reitman uh, said that this film inspired him to be a filmmaker, uh, and that he told Kevin Smith this, which led to Smith jokingly saying, "How can you be the son of Ivan Reitman and you grew up on the sets of Ghostbusters and Stripes, but it took me to make you a director?" And I just thought that was that. Funny. Yeah, that that would have been where I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like um, Ghostbusters. Thinking, <laughs> uh, and then the last one I have is that Kevin Smith said on speaking tours that the reason he cast himself in the movie was that if the movie failed he, and he was in near permanent debt for the rest of his life, he could at least point to the fact that he was in the movie <laughs> as proof that he made it. Yep. Uh, he also actually was originally really early on. He was going to be Dante. I mean, and, you can see that. And, right? then, well, and, and then <laughs> and he figured out that he can't really act. <laughs> so he's like, well, no. Uh, so then, yeah, the the Silent Bob became became Kev. My favorite, actually, my favorite Kevin Smith story about Clerks. Uh, he put he uh, he re rebooted Jay and Silent Bob a, mm -hmm. two years ago. Oh my god, two years ago, right before the the Great Darkness. Um, and he toured with it, and I went and saw him and and uh, got to meet him. And but he did oh, a little, awesome he did a little Q and A beforehand, and he was talking about That's it. That's so and, cool. One of the, yeah, and it, it was a fun experience at the little venue venue we were at because it wasn't really a theater. Um, it was a music venue, which was really cool. But uh, so he was talking about it and he, he went back to, you know, in the day uh, when he was about, you know, when it, he was about to sell clerks to Miramax and they were doing the contract and this and that and the other. He actually doesn't own clerks. Miramax. Oh, owns I didn't the right. know that. Miramax owns the right to clerks. Hmm. And a lot of other things. But um, one thing he managed to get in all of the contract wrangling in those early films. Um, he owns Jay and Silent Bob as characters. Okay, well, that makes sense. Which is why he's been able to continue to make films starring Jay and Silent Bob, because no one can actually stop him. Because he wow. doesn't have to ask Loopholes. anybody. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because, well, uh, uh, apparently they were like, what do you want? And he, he kind of asked his agent at the time and he was like, can we do that? And he like, I, I don't know. They're your character. We can ask. And of course they're like, why would we, yeah, you can have the stoner and the, the guy that, got, that doesn't talk. <laughs> 
Little did they know. Little did, little did they know. It's kind of like when Sony <laughs> failed to buy all of Marvel mm-hmm. and instead just took Spider-Man and all of his ilk. Yeah. Leading to the great It's Marvel like in retrospect. Diaspora. Yeah. It's like, well, we can take B characters and make all kinds of movies with them. So that exactly. doesn't even matter. So, but that's one of my favorite um, Kevin Smiths. That, and that's why we get, get more Jay and Silent Bob is because he, he actually, those are the ones he owns. Very cool. Uh, well, but, and he did just finish. Well, uh, ahead, last no. fall, last fall, they finished uh, shooting Clerks three. I actually saw today on Twitter that um, that Kevin Smith was supposed to come to Dallas for an upcoming convention. Yes, and he said that he's not going to because he's going to be hanging out with his mom that weekend. He's like, she's seventy seven. She comes first. Yep. She asked me to spend time with her, and I thought that was really sweet. It so is. Um, apparently, to... he just tested. I guess he was positive for COVID. And today he posted on Instagram that he uh, he's telling you, so he's back negative. Oh, um, well, that's good. But too. he will. That's he, good. Be negative before mom comes. Right. Sure. Um, and then actually the <laughs> week after that Dallas event, he is currently still slated to appear at a Denver event that I am flying over the mountains to sit, to go to. So nice. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be, uh, but they'll, they'll all be there. Which oh, is really? Awesome. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, already paid for my group photo with that but yeah so he'll he's nice. he is scheduled so yeah, he should spend a nice weekend with mom and then truck up to <laughs> dallas and then he is actually slated uh in september to, to show up here in salt lake at our geek event so oh very cool fanx salt lake city comic-con or fanx mm. very so, cool yep every fall like clockwork well almost like clockwork <laughs> except for the except dark for the great times, darkness you yes. <laughs> um well you know at this point i mean we've talked about kevin smith a little bit and i'm sure we'll talk about the cast too but i feel like this is one of those movies where instead of going through the whole cast maybe we should just talk about some of your favorite scenes from the movie uh you know the there's there's one well there there's so many this this movie is <laughs> is is a it's it's really quotable very, um, yeah. there, there's a lot of really good pull quotes that you can just work into everyday life um, out of this. My, of course, the, the the one they should have put on the poster is, you know, I'm not even supposed to be here today. And who hasn't felt like that at work <laughs> at some at some point? No kidding. Especially um, in your early 20s, I think. And yeah. uh, and one that I use almost daily uh, is actually a, a bunch of savages in this town. <laughs> uh, in in terms of, of course in the film of someone having jammed gum in the locks of the shutters that pull down over <laughs> the, the the store windows which if you don't know was actually a plot device um or it was it was, it was a production workaround because they shot at night oh, in the store so because the store was closed yeah. so the only way they could not show outside at night when the movie was set during the daytime was to have the shutters down that makes sense. Although so, it also feels like something that would very much happen at a job like that. Yeah, a bunch, <laughs> bunch of savages in this town. So, but no, the, of course, <laughs> the, the discussion about uh, you know the destruction of the Death Star is one of my personal yeah. favorites. Um, yeah. I thought about it. I thought about it uh, last. I don't know when this is going to over Memorial Day weekend. I was out in Anaheim for Star Wars <laughs> Celebration. That's right. Uh, uh, which i did a i did 16 minute episode on that i don't want to spoil anyone so if you want to go and listen to that you can listen to my that must have been so fun at star wars celebration uh, sure listen to it yeah uh <laughs> so i don't i don't want to spoil it 
okay. but no, but the, you know, that scene, that scene is just, it's, it's great because it, everyone knows star Wars, whether you've seen star Wars or not. Um, it, you know, it's, it's 94. So it's, you know, post, you know, just post Gulf war and you're talking mm-hmm. about terrorism and rebel forces. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's just, it's just really smartly written. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a geek and a writer, that scene always appeals to me. Um, and then the end, uh, post fight when they're recovering in the store, uh, and Randall just lays it all out for Dante. Yes. He just kind of I... defines the world in which they live in. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's unvarnished best friend truth. And it is. And, 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 and is. I don't know. I, I, I talk to my wife about this a lot when we're watching stuff, you know, you, you'll see two guys have a fight or something and then they'll just walk off. But, you know, it'll be, you know, we cool and then we're done. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if two women in that situation recover the as fast as two guys do because, because, <laughs> because guys like go to 80 and then drop right back down to zero, especially well, with their friends. Whereas, yeah. whereas, you know, anecdotally and you know stereotypically women will nurse a grudge well i would say women have more open communication though like i think our feelings are kind of traditionally you know not everybody but it's like because we have a closer relationship where we're being a little bit raw and a little bit more emotionally connected to each other it maybe doesn't get to this head the same way whereas guys i think kind of keep their again traditionally keep their feelings close to their chest and then they explode could be another way to look at it too. and then we recover yeah that's just yeah, yeah and it's, so it's, it's a very like, weird bounce <laughs> yeah so that could be but it is true like i mean grudges can be i mean i think that's why the grudges stand out more because if you have open communication all the time and you're still mad it's probably something serious but that is also, <laughs> that is also true but um but no, yeah those, I, those are two of my favorites yeah oh well i i, I think I, I think my favorite probably is that confrontation at the end because i think very so few times in our life does anybody call us on our bullshit right Mm -hmm. and i think don i think dante's getting called on that here and it's i mean i don't know i've never personally been brave enough to tell my friend like you know you're lying to yourself buddy like come on you know what's really going on here and then just give them the honest truth like that but it's very satisfying to watch. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of us can relate to it. Like the whole, you know, he's like, if you don't like it, why don't you just get a different job and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Ooh, that, that stings yeah. because it's so true. <laughs> well, and then it, 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 he mirrors that actually in clerks too, uh, mm-hmm. when they're in jail, ironically. Enough. Oh yeah. Uh, Man, it's been a end. long time since I've seen that one. So yeah. It's that. a little, that's a little more raw than clerks is in a lot of ways. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, so he mirrors that again, but again, it's Randall providing, you know, just this unvarnished, but, but in a way he, he, it's weird because in the first one, Randall is really, uh, he, he's piercing Dante's like emotional barriers mm-hmm. with that whole tirade at the end. Um, yeah. in, in clerks too, he, uh, if you remember the scene in the, in the, the old, you know, Dante, well, what would you have done? And he tells him, and he really, he's piercing his own emotional barriers at that point. And he's, mm. he's confessing to Dante something that he would, that he like barely confessing to himself. Yeah. And so it's, it's, so it's, a, it's a mirrored scene, but it's from the other direction. And it's just, it, again, that's why I love it. He, he's able to call back his writing is just so smart in that way. 
uh, mm. whatever else you might think of his, his movies, if you can objectively <laughs> look at, at a lot of it, uh, it's just really well written in this universe that he's constructed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so true. Well, what's, what's another good scene that you like? Uh, you know, from a, from a purely nostalgic standpoint, uh, I really love when Randall goes to big time video. <laughs> um, yeah. because you, you just, you know, scrolling through the Netflix menu is not the same. It's really not. And I think any movie where they go to a video store or someone works at a video store, it's borderline painful for me because I think I miss that time so deeply. There's just, ah, man, there was just something about it, right? Like, I mean, every Friday night or Saturday night, hated those late fees though. Um, oh, yeah. But other than that, um, ah, man, going to the video store was so great. Well, and, and, and I mean, it was an event because you had to get there at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to rewind and, and you yeah. had, well, but you had, you had, you had to beat everyone else because there was a time when there weren't, I, you know, in this era of unlimited streaming, there was a time when there was like one copy of a movie. Right. I remember um, when Blockbuster started carrying extra copies and they would still run out of stuff. And right. Like, and then of course no. they'd have the wall of the new releases where they'd have like mm -hmm. 40 or 50 copies. But if you were not there when those were put on the shelf on opening day, or on release day, you, you wouldn't get it. So it became a dude, come on, we got to go. 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 And I can't tell you how many weekends that, that I remember you know, Fridays that doing that, getting, you know, getting with my buddies going, dude, we got to go. We got to go. You know, it's like, you're going to be late for a concert or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you're going to miss happy hour. But no, you're going to miss that. You're going to miss the movies. I and mean, then God forbid you're there late. And now you're trolling the rest of the store, but at least there was, there were options, but yeah, the big time video when he's just in there, he's just overwhelmed in, in, <laughs> in the best possible way because he's in an actual video store, not crappy, <laughs> not crappy RST video where he works next to the quick stop. Um, well, where he beautiful. works reminds me a little bit more of like where some of the jobs I had. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, it kind of reminds me of like when I worked at like a comic shop or for a while I worked at Suncoast, um, when that was a thing oh, I remember. and, <laughs> and like those scenes kind of remind me of, of that time in my life. So I think those probably, again, I, I wonder if when I saw this, did I, maybe I didn't have those jobs yet or I don't know, but they definitely remind me of that time now. Yeah. They, they're. See, I never, I, 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 <laughs> I never had a real job like that. Uh, I mean, I graduated high school and then six, eight months later, I wound up going into the air force. And I, so, you know, the closest I had to having a, a like a geek job was a part-timer when I was still active duty, I was stationed in Korea and I worked six months at the, Oh, this is going to hurt to say at the <laughs> internet cafe. Oh yeah. Um, not a, not a thing so much these days. Not a thing. No, unless you're in Europe, apparently. Uh, where they, I think, still have those, at least according to every spy movie I've ever seen lately. Um, <laughs> yeah, that feels very much cafe. like in a in a mystery movie where they go to the library and they do the microfish. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> You're like, are people doing that still? <laughs> god, I my microfish was never the cool spools. It was always the flats, which is <laughs> yeah. terrible, but uh, impossible to navigate. Um, but no, so that that was close. I came to, but yeah, the the, but for me, the I think the the equation or the, 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 the similar situation, you having those jobs and now seeing those jobs and seeing them a little differently 
um, is I tell people one of the greatest TV shows of all time is MASH. And MASH is funny. And then mm -hmm. if you join the military, MASH becomes funnier. And oh. then if you go to Korea, MASH becomes even funnier. And so the, the, a frame of reference can completely change, you know, sorry, Obi-Wan Kenobi, but from a certain point of view, everything looks a little different. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so you, you, you may have been e either jaded by the jobs you had going, my job is not this cool. Or in retrospect now it might be, you know, maybe that job was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I think at the time in my life, I probably, well, I loved Suncoast. That was great. Um, <laughs> but some of the jobs I had, I felt very much like I had kind of complaints similar to Dante as like, I felt like the responsible one at that job. I felt like the job was beneath me sometimes. And then when I look back on it, I'm like, that was a pretty good time in my life where I didn't have a ton of responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, Dante feels very burdened by this job where he works a million hours and then he's upset when he misses that hockey game. But man, when you're older, you're like, uh, I, you know, I don't have a hockey game to play with a bunch of my friends now, you right. know? So it's like so different, but yeah. But it, it, you, know, you also learn that you, you can't be the hyper response. I mean, you have to be responsible, but you can't. Sure. You know, I, Dante kind of became a union of one for the hockey game mm -hmm. where he, he unionized the, tr the, the quick stop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's no. <laughs> so uh, his little act of rebellion, of course, it did cost him a lot of Gatorade. It did. So it did. Uh, but no, it, yeah, it's it's just such a, a film that there's so many there's so many aspects of it and so many different ways to approach watching it. Mm -hmm. That I said, I mean, if you don't like the language and you can't allow yourself to get past the language, then you're, you're not going to be able to find something. If you can get past those aspects of it there's a there's just a lot of really quality filmmaking and i'm sure kevin would cringe if he heard that uh maybe <laughs> but there's a lot of quality filmmaking in terms of script and character development and and the performances are good and his direction is good you know it's just it's just i think it it is a movie that that stands up um mm -hmm. and i don't know if you saw the uh the alternate ending I did not. Tell the, me about the that. Actual, uh, after, uh, after Randall leaves at the end of the night when Dante's cleaning up, um, the store is technically still open. So Dante's behind the counter and there's just a sh tracking shot up the aisle of someone coming up and he's leaning over the aisle reading a magazine. And um, it's a burglar and Dante gets shot and killed. That's awful. And, and, they, and they cut to black. He did not go with that with that ending. I don't like that ending. Um, yeah, it was a little too down. I think after <laughs> it, after it everything of... else. But but if you stop thinking about that, that pretty much just would have been the perfect way for poor Dante to end his day. Um, that's true. It's kind of funny in the in the context of the film of the film. But yeah, I'm glad he didn't. But yeah, that's that's one of the that, that, that's a, that's an interesting. You know, it can always be worse. True. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think for me, like, you know, you're talking about some of your favorite scenes. I think for me, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Randall is at the, the video store and that woman 
uh, comes in that customer and she's asking him which movie, you oh, know, yeah. does he like better? And, you know, he says, uh, I haven't seen it. And then she goes, what about these? And he goes, they suck. And then she gets mad. It says, and he's like, well, you, I didn't, I don't appreciate your ruse. Yes. I don't appreciate your, <laughs> your, your ruse, your clever attempt to trick me. But he never actually looks up from his, his newspaper. And it's like that, that feels very much like, I don't know. I was probably the opposite of Randall. I wish I could have been Randall, but was very like, customer service oriented so i i think that part's really funny yeah the well stop stop and think about that lady was probably the first karen (laughs) she was the original the og karen the og karen (laughs) but yeah and it also goes to show just how like it's sort of like a little bit of a class thing too like of you know when you work at those those kind of jobs and how you view people that are taking it a little bit too seriously and Mm -hmm. like you know demanding customer service and it's like you're at a small time video store lady, like in Jersey. Like Yeah. On the, on the, <laughs> on the cover of the disc, it's actually, that's that, that's their little pull out of, you know, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, and it, and it is true, but you know, treat your, you don't know who's working over there. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if they're going to yeah. spit in your food or spit water in your face. <laughs> true. Be kind. Yeah. It's in your best interest. <laughs> no, I think, I think the other, the other scene in the video store that I, that I liked is when he's ordering movies. I mean, just, oh, just yeah. because of that the, part the, is really funny. The absolute absurdity of, cause it was, I, it literally had to be Kevin Smith sitting at the typer going, what are the single most ridiculously offensive porn movie titles I can think of? <laughs> and the mom just like sitting there while he's listing all that off. What, holding, holding her daughter. Cause yeah, she wants to order a happy scrappy hero pup. is the name name of the film that they want to order for the kid obviously the kid is not actually in frame when he's spouting off this litany of (laughs) of porn titles but it's but it's just uh and and then the way randall is articulating them all yeah it's just you know it's it's like he's reading you know pulitzer prize nominees (laughs) you know it's just it's just so so incredible and you get the feeling that he would read them exactly the same if there was no one in the store Right, right, right. Uh, it's just, it's just, again, it, it, it just goes back to the writing and how, yeah, it's crude, but it's, 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 it's smart at the same time, the way that script is put together. And I know he probably, he agonized over that film <laughs> for a long time. Uh, and then th- thank God he finally got to make it. Yeah. I think another thing I like, but maybe it's not a scene, but it's just like a, a thought. I had, a, you know, there's a couple time capsule things in the movie, the video store being one of them, um, the payphone, um, which I think it's hilarious that they don't have like a regular landline. They have like that payphone that they but, yep. keep getting on. Um, but the other thing, too, is where Randall sells that kid a cigarette. All right. <laughs> and, you know, you a couple cigarettes thoughts. to a four year old. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, well, number one, I think, you know, a for people that are younger, I feel like, you know, if you look back in maybe the 60s and 70s, I don't think that you would have gotten in trouble for that. Like, I, I could totally picture kids going into a store and going, I'm buying mom some cigarettes. And they go, oh, yeah, okay, this is for your mom. Here you go. And then they go, okay, now in the 90s, we're going to have this fine, right? And Dante gets fined in the movie because of what Randall did. But now, can you imagine what that fine would be? <laughs> Oh I mean, you'd God. like lose your license, right? You'd lose, you'd lose yeah, the you'd, ability to run the store. You'd be fired immediately. 
you're, you're yeah the store would probably be the store would be fine the employee would be fired um there would be calls to burn the store down yeah i mean uh, it's so different today but like because because i was thinking that watching that like i thought oh my god how is dante gonna pay that fine and then i was like oh well probably back then it was like a hundred dollars or something but now it'd be like thousands of dollars if you're yeah. selling kids cigarettes because <laughs> i feel like at first it was probably more of like a we're going to use this fine to discourage people. And now it's like, that is not going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, just a little time capsule. I think it's funny in the movie. And then I also just, it was a different time. Yeah, it, 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 it is, but it's still oddly timeless. Yes. Uh, just again, in the, in the characterization, but yeah, the, the, the selling of cigarettes, the, Oh shit, that four-year-old. Yeah. As opposed to all the <laughs> other four-year-olds you've sell, sold cigarettes to over the years. Well, yeah, also, so he was barely thing. looking up, so you could have maybe entertained that he didn't realize who he was selling them to, but then he drives it home with, he d- he knows exactly who it yeah. was. Oh, Randall <laughs> is Randall is keenly aware of everything he does. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of, um, if you've ever seen Empire Records. Yes, he's, yes. He's, he's actually, we have an episode on that. He's mm-hmm. actually, he's kind of as calculating as Lucas, uh, but not yeah. nearly as outgoing and gregarious <laughs> as Lucas is. Uh, but yeah. you know, but, but, but Randall is keenly aware of, of most of what he, I don't think he meant to knock the coffin over that. No, wasn't I don't in his get the sense plan. that he, uh, but a lot of other stuff, I think he, because he knows Dante, he's, mm-hmm. he's very aware of which buttons he can push and which, you know, what levers he can pull to get, certain results. And I think a lot of that is to see if he can get different results, which of course is the point of the whole movie is Dante getting different results. Yeah. Well, what, what's your take in that, in that line of thinking on, uh, you know, his interference with, uh, Veronica at the end. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, I honestly think that was, that was like the one area that he was consistent throughout the entire film. Um, was telling Dante stop with the Caitlin Bree garbage. Yeah. Stop. It's so it's annoying. Not, right? It's not going to happen. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Veronica's great. Even though uh, he, he does nothing but relentlessly attack Veronica. He well, gets, he gets what Veronica yeah. is for Dante. And he understands that that's a good thing, especially if his option, if you will, is Caitlin Bree. It's having to deal with Dante and Caitlin Bree again. Well, the other thing too with Veronica that I was talking to actually to my husband about this after rewatching it and he pointed something out to me that I hadn't thought of, but you know, there's this through line with Veronica, right? Where she, they have that discussion about how many partners they have and she makes this distinction of she doesn't think a certain act is technically sex and he views it so differently, which I think played on a lot of different things socially at the time between men and women. That's a whole nother discussion we could get into, but we'd be here all day. But, but anyway, but you know, he, it, it's, it's one, it's, <laughs> it's one that bears political relevance just a couple of years later. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, so, but I, you know, I was telling my husband that I think, especially at that time, like when I think of younger me, I think a lot of women would be on Veronica's side in the debate that they're having, because I think women are viewed so differently in, in certain 
relationship situations that they almost feel like if, oh, if I just do this, then I haven't crossed that line and I won't get labeled this way. And he goes, what? This is actually worse. Like you're more of being labeled that way now because of what you did. And it ironically, he gets so angry at her that he like yells at her as she's going down the, uh, you know, going out the door, like don't run it. I'll just say, I'm going to paraphrase and not say what he says, but he's like, you know, basically don't get with any other guys on your way, wherever you're going next. But what's ironic about that is he's so loud about it. And he tells Randall about it immediately that of course, Randall's going to turn around and make fun of him. So he's actually the reason he's getting made fun of. Yeah. But again, but (laughs) but he, he brought it up and he told everybody about it. And then he, they turn around and get mad and make fun of him. And it's like, a lot of it is about his own insecurity, right? Because it's like, he, he's the one that, that brought that up in the first place. And he also makes a comment about how women are complicated. Men are not, men are so easy to please. And then later something happens at the store, which is another scene that I feel like would be removed involving Caitlin uh, thinking she slept with him. And my husband pointed out, you notice how she like, has a better time or is more and she even mentions like you let me do what I wanted and stuff like that so she was implying you know he made this joke that like women are so complicated and you have to be so talented but she actually has the best time with him when it wasn't him and when the person was dead <laughs> and I'm yeah. like wow I never thought about that <laughs> but it was like a double diss on himself and I feel like even Randall picking on Veronica is kind of more to me about how Dante like put Veronica down and plays her down. And then Dante or Randall uses that to get to him. He does. But I also, I also think that, that when he tells Veronica at the end about the whole Caitlin Bree situation, I mm-hmm. honestly think that he's doing that from a, a place of love. I, I agree because he knows that like Dante is spineless and he would have imploded his relationship anyway. I feel like Randall was like, let's just get this all out in the open now so that you can make a decision. And it needed to happen. Yeah. And yeah, it did. And then, you know, bad things happen. <laughs> but, bad things happen. But, you know, um, but, but it needed to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I see that situation where he intervenes and tells Veronica, you're like, Thank goodness he did that because if not, Dante was so spineless, he would have kept that going until it blew up in his face. So it was better for him and for everyone, for Veronica also (laughs) for that to come out when it did. Yep. But yeah, it makes you so mad. We all had that friend that like kept going back to that relationship that you're like, what is wrong with you? I love when he's like, it was high school. Like you're an adult. Yeah. And also like, yeah, it's annoying when somebody has a partner that is good to them. And yet, you know, they're running around on them and being awful. So it's like, yeah, I agree. I think it was the right call. (laughs) Yeah. Caitlin was toxic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she clearly expresses in the movie like, oh, well, this guy proposed to me. I didn't want to marry him, but I don't know what I want. I don't want to get married anytime soon. I mean, she's even telling him in that moment, like, even when we get back together, I'm not going to commit. So it's like, just, just no. Just don't go back to that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was a bad place. And, you know, that that was over by the end of the film anyway. But, yeah, the whole he Dante probably would have just slunk back to Veronica. And yeah. tried to just, you know, 
under the rug. But yeah, and eventually she would have been like, okay, I could do better, which she could. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and she makes lasagna, which I think is challenging to make. So I, I say actually, she's I good... actually, somewhere on one of my shelves behind me, I have a, an, uh, a magnet with Veronica's lasagna recipe <laughs> autographed, nice. by, autographed by Marilyn Gigliotti. Oh, that's so cute. I got it at a yeah, convention a few I years back. I was like, ah, so. oh, it's great. Yeah, I know. I'm half Italian. So. I'm like, when that happens in the movie, I'm like, made him a lasagna. That, you know, that, I feel like that takes time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not know, like just right? making a pie. Like that's, you got to, and it, and it sounds like it'd be really good. And I don't know. But um, yeah, I like Veronica. So I, I agree with you. I think that was a good call on, on Randall's oh, part. hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it so yeah, we get the you get the we we see the entire gamut of their relationship, Dante and Randall's oh, yeah. friendship, um, and I love that that carries forward into the sequel, and then it will carry into the next sequel. Um, I'll be interested to see how he plays, how that gets played. Let me put it that way. Um, <laughs> I'll see where that that goes because the end, of course, of Clerks Two is v- very optimistic. I mean, not not even in like a kind of a it's it's unabashedly optimistic mm-hmm. um, which unusual for a lot of kevin's films um but but no clerks 2 is it ends on a really high note i mean clerks 2 you can kind of there's a light at the end of the tunnel but that tunnel may still collapse mm-hmm. uh but clerks 2 it does it, i mean all the garbage that goes before they actually come out of the of the tunnel and and they're standing in in the sun so i'll, I'll be interested to see what happens now uh in three to see what he does with that that, that ought to be a Ought to be a good time. So, you know, once he got once he got Jeff to come back as Randall, uh, mm. that was the that was the stumbling stumbling block. So I'll be interested to see where Randall is now. What would Randall be up to these days? I don't know. Randall's Randall and Dante <laughs> are my age, so uh, I, I, I'll be interested to see what what my alternate selves might might have become. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, in the area that you're in. Do you guys, do you relate to the part where they're like playing hockey? Um, Can you tell I don't know much about Utah? Well, no, <laughs> well, we, they, Utah has a semi-pro IHL. So what one level down, I guess, from the NHL, they have hockey. Uh, it, so, Utah is actually really weird. Um, Utah has two major colleges for college football. Um, they have pro basketball, minor league hockey, Major League Soccer with a cha- with a championship. Um, it's this is a very sports oriented community out here, and so, um, but hockey at like the kid level or high school level isn't really a thing. Okay, it's, it's so kind of like here. I mean, yeah, you know, we have the stars, right? But like at the same time, you know, for instance, right now it's like almost a hundred degrees outside, so there's not a lot of hockey in in texas <laughs> right i mean we have um, we have a um you know there's there's a lot of uh intramural or sport or a school or in, rec league you know uh, soccer uh, basketball uh the junior jazz program is the basketball stuff but so it starts like the kids kind of young but you know obviously high school basketball is still good high school football is is a big thing everywhere as it is in texas i used to live down there oh yeah um, yeah like in, if, if this were set in texas they would be playing football well if this were set in like Texas, was... it would be dazed and confused so, <laughs> that's true um another, <laughs> another episode film. we've done yeah. uh, <laughs> but you know uh but 
something honestly that's picking up here that's really weird that's probably the closest parallel is uh, lacrosse i'm seeing a lot more mm. uh, a lot more teenagers playing lacrosse interesting i know i'm gonna have to go learn about lacrosse <laughs> well this part of the movie it kind of reminds me of like when you watch uh like wayne's world or you know anything that's set in a place where people play hockey and people are wearing hockey jerseys and they're passionate about hockey so it, it just always stood out to me um in this movie and so that's why i asked you I'm like man did you guys play hockey where you're from is that something you really well and, well if he, if he had set that you know if he'd have grown up in you know georgia florida texas uh, that would have been that would have been you know saturday pickup football and he right. said it in the right. fall uh, but but mm-hmm. the, the whole point is that it was it, it, it was a social, active outdoor thing that he was going mm-hmm. to be deprived of, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think and so, you know, for him, yeah, it's street hockey because uh, that's, you know, that's what he had. So, of course, you know, you're right what you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. you wrote street hockey and that's there's nothing wrong <laughs> with that at all. No. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, I'd be interested. I don't know. Now I want to see lacrosse in a, in a, in a movie, <laughs> in a movie in depicted. A movie. Yeah. 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 All the old people up here are learning to play pickleball. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know how to play that either. Uh, yeah. I learned it one time at a work thing. Uh, yeah. I'm like, so. I'm a very traditional nerd in that I'm not very gifted in terms of sports. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's to put it mildly. Uh, but yeah, I, I like, I liked that part of the movie too, where they close the store down and they, they play, I mean, kind of highlighting the fact that their jobs aren't super important. And Dante's willing to bend the rules, or I guess you know you talk about um, Randall kind of pulling the strings. He definitely pulls the strings into getting him to break the rules sometimes. And, and but on part. that one, he didn't. Oh, it's that's like, true. Because you know what he, he <laughs> the boss he gets off the phone. He went to fucking Vermont, and he goes, "Don't <laughs> you have a hockey game at two? Yes. Why you know? And, and, but then Dante completely comes up with that fix on his own. That's true. Uh, He's like, this is the one thing he can't let go. Right. He's not going to miss hockey. Like, no, no, no. And because it, it's mentioned in the morning, you know, it's, that's Chekhov's gun. He takes that call at six o'clock in the morning, but I got a <laughs> hockey, I got hockey at two. All right. I'll, swear to me. You'll be there. Oh, by noon. that's true. Swear okay. to me that you'll be there by noon. Yeah. That guy really is a liar. But it, it, it also highlights the fact that they live in a state where, you know, you can drive to Ver- Vermont, you know, here in Texas, you, you drive for several hours and you'd be in Texas still, but yeah, Utah's kind of the same way. <laughs> if I go north, um, if I go north, it takes me about an hour to get out of the state. Yeah. If I go south, it takes me about three and a half, four hours. To get out of the state. Yeah. Yeah. It should take more than that now that I think about the mileage, but I guess I drive really fast. And gas prices these days. Yikes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I thought that part was pretty funny. And then I like that, argument that he has with the guy on the roof who gets so impassioned he actually goes up there and starts playing with them <laughs> yeah for ulterior oh don't pass it to this guy he sucks yeah that's <laughs> that's that every sports everywhere especially if you're already <laughs> angry about something else but again yeah I, I i i don't know i feel like that's a guy thing the quickest way <laughs> to get what you want is i mean because guys will go low fast so if you piss me off and you're doing something else, I will immediately start critiquing how you are doing said other thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, it, but, but again, it, it, he, he kind of had a plan, I think. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, or, yeah. And it, and, or if he didn't, he saw his opportunity and he took it, uh, which mm-hmm. is also awesome. Uh, so, 
uh yeah that's but no the, the whole hockey sequence is great because you're just like hell yeah that's you know <laughs> whatever your geek i mean if you if you're a, if you're a you're a tabletop tabletop gaming nerd and you're you work overnights somewhere it's like ah, oh, but I'm, I'm i'm not supposed to work but i'm supposed to be gaming it's like well why can't we game here yeah and all your all your buddies come over and you do whatever where you're at i mean yeah. we're yeah. nerds everywhere you, you you make it work uh yeah i think i played i think i played dungeons and dragons once in a bennigan's restaurant <laughs> in you a, said in what kind of restaurant bennigan's Dang, that's a throwback. It is, yeah. It is. I miss Bennigan's. No more Bennigan's at at a hu- know, at one depressing. of the huge corner booths, with like the Gosh, thirty square I, foot of table. All it's the awesome. restaurants to go down. It shouldn't have been Bennigan's. <laughs> it really should not have, because no. that place was awesome. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah. it makes it work. But yeah, that that was that was why. How did Dante? Oh, that's me spitting water in the face of life. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was his little moment of rebellion. Ooh, another time capsule thing. Uh, so many times in the movie, Randall and other people are reading through magazines, and that's sort of meant to express that they're not paying attention, that they're being lazy, that they're distracted. Nowadays, you'd be, be looking at your phone. Yeah. Yep. It's surfing like, the, man, surfing the passing, gram. Yeah, passing the time just reading a magazine. That that doesn't happen anymore. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but yeah, no that 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 desire to socially isolate. Um, which actually that that leads into actually another one of my, uh, one of my favorite bits of dialogue, uh, when they're going to go to the funeral, to the wake. Oh, he goes, well, I have to go. Well, we can't both go. Well, 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 I'm, I'm going. It's like, but you don't even like people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? Uh, so yeah, that, that need for socialize social isolation, but that need for social presence, I guess. Mm-hmm. I want to be there, but just leave me alone. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that that's a that's a that's a great line. Um, that's actually echoed. Oh God, I don't I don't even know if she's aware of it. Uh, Felicia Day. Um, there's there's an exact same or very similar line in the Guild, in mm. one of the early episodes when they first all meet up and uh oh yeah yeah when they're thing and yeah the the uh, tinkerbala they recognize her and she's <laughs> don't talk to me i haven't decided if i'm gonna hang out with you yet and she's just watching <laughs> she's on her phone but you know she's aware but she's the phone is the buffer yes. but she makes it clear that just don't talk to me i'm aware of who you are i just don't know if we're there yet so it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a similar moment but it's it's kind of a universal moment you know yeah. it's like it's like when you walk into the party if you're not sure, you, you, you kind of skirt to the side and you start taking stock. Yeah. And then, very much so. you know, what's, what's the old joke? I'm the kind of person that would go to a party and make friends with the dog. Yes. So I'm at the party, but am I at the party? No, I'm with the <laughs> dog. So, and will I say goodbye to everyone when I leave? Exactly. So it's, that's, uh, that's another kind of little universal bit of thing, but you're right. The, the equivalent now is it would be the phone. People just head down headphones in. Yeah. Or him finding out that, you know, Caitlin is getting married through the newspaper. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody does that anymore. <laughs> mm, only only if you're lucky enough to live in a town with a newspaper and rich enough to decide to pay for an ad. Right. Uh, otherwise, and, it just and goes out on he, a, as a Facebook event. 
Yes. And I love when he calls too and is like, do you think maybe it was a misprint? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I love that part. So desperate and sad. <laughs> so desperate and sad. That actually sounds like Dante <laughs> for the first two thirds of the movie. So yes. Uh, so stuck. So stuck. No, it's excellent. Excellent. But yeah, this just, it's, and it clerks just, it does so much and you see so much of it that per permeates most of what Kevin Smith does later. And I think that's the other reason I like Clark so much is because you can you watch everything he does after that and you can almost always trace it back to this. I mean, it's 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 the Iron Man of the Viewisk universe, <laughs> as he calls it. Uh, you know, it, it everything just kind of in Marvel touches back to Iron Man. Everything in all his other films, in most of his other films, there's a couple that don't. Uh, you, you can see those roots or those, those things that he learned or those things that he did back in, in clerks. And so it's always yeah. fun when I watch the later films to think, I always wind up thinking about clerks anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, were there any other scenes that you wanted to make sure we discuss that we haven't touched on yet? Oh, uh, God, there, like I said, it's for me, it's always about the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is always the, the, the the best part of watching a film for me but i have to, i just i have to go back to the to the death star discussion because the <laughs> fact you. that that dante's just at the counter read he and he's reading a magazine at the yep. time they're having this discussion and randall's tooling up and down the aisles grabbing snack food you know so it's this isn't a conversation like they're standing next to one another it's across the mm-hmm. building and then you get the the customer comes in um but again it's just that universal theme of, of community almost. Well, there's a star Wars community and the contractor does drywall can, can find a way into that discussion in an intelligent manner. You know what I mean? It's, 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 he wasn't, you know, just feeling left out from the unkinged talking, you know, he, but it was, it was an intelligent, way to break into that discussion and and he kind of shut them both up at the end you know they kind of looked at yeah. like wow that was kind of profound really and and that was the end of the conversation not that he it's kind of messed con- up too yeah, it the is. way he like he threw that other contractor under the bus yeah. didn't warn him because <laughs> i did my research uh yeah so it's <laughs> but it's great i it, that but like it's but that scene tells you so much about kevin smith as a about those two characters dante and randall Mm-hmm. Uh, because because the way they look at the Empire Strikes Back and, and Star Wars in general. Um, but then Kevin, as a writer, the way he constructs his, his dialogue. Again, you learn so much without them talking. They're not talking about themselves at all. Yeah. And yet so much is exposed about his characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That it's just it's just it's just great. It's one of my favorite, favorite interactions in that film. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well. Um, I guess if we're towards the end of this, then I have two more questions to ask you. Go for it. Uh, number one, what is it about this movie? I know that it's what we've been talking right. about, why you love it so much, but how would you summarize why you love this movie so much? Um, I, I love it because it's on paper. It's one of those movies that on paper really shouldn't work. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of movies and television shows like that. That if you if you like yeah. read them, you're like that. This is Seinfeld's right? a show about nothing. Uh, well, if one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite television shows is Firefly, but if you read the 
description, if you describe that show to someone there, it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense mm. at all. Um, but it, until you get these actors in these, in these characters delivering these lines and then you're like, Oh, I get it. And that's, that's what clerks does. It's just, it's as much as we say, you know, it's, it's very nineties. It is, it is, a, it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of that time, socially, mm-hmm. economically, um, cinematically. I mean, cinematically it's grunge. Yes. Very you know much what I mean? So. so it's, you know, so, and let, we didn't even talk about the music in the film. Um, I don't like necessarily that style of music, but every, every song choice he made is, is appropriate for the, for the places he's using it. So it's just kind yeah. of this, the reason I like it is it's, it's this perfect little confluence of time and space and performance that, that just works. If he makes that movie two years earlier, I don't think he's the director that he needs to be, or the script isn't where it needs to be. If he makes that movie two years later, I don't think society's where it needs to be. You know, we will have moved past grunge a little more. We, you know, we're out of, you know, we're now, now we're talking about a certain sect, sex act and we're, we've got a president. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, so it's, it's just this weird little encapsulation of a lot of little things mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's, it's like a little cinematic multivitamin. It's just got a little <laughs> a bit of everything that all works together. Um, and, and that's why I like it. Cause I can always, no matter where it is, I can always stop. I mean, unless my wife's in the living room, I, she, she would put up with it, but I know it's not her first choice. So, but if I'm, if I'm just flipping around and clerks is on, I'll stop there and, and I'll, I'll either continue watching it depending on where it is, or I'll pull up the guide and I'll see, make sure there's nothing that can possibly beat clerks before I change the channel. So, uh, but, but that's why it's, it's, you know, there are, there are a few movies that, that I think are just um, perfect at what they do. Um, and, and so while they may or may not be quote unquote, perfect films, they're perfect films. Clerks, clerks is one of those. Um, another one completely out of bounds, of course, is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That is, love, that is yes, inarguably, a, a, it is a perfect film because of all of what, because of what it is not yeah. because it's this perfect, you know, it's not some Spielbergian masterpiece. Um, right. but objectively, but yeah, so that's, that's what clerks is for me. It's just a perfect film that you can sit down and, and spend 90 minutes just living in this little world and, and, and you're okay. Yeah. And, and you kind of already answered this with your multivitamin uh, <laughs> comparison, but how would you pitch this to someone that hasn't seen one of these movies before? Uh, one of Kevin's movies or just hasn't yeah. seen clerks yeah. or, or, or clerks specifically. Okay. Specifically. Well, clerks specifically, if I was going to sell if I was going to have to try it, well, I, that would also depend on who, who I'm selling it to. Sure. Uh, sure. But you know, you have to say, you know, if, if, if I know they don't have a problem with the language and whatnot, um, then I just have to tell them, look, it, I, I, I just have to ask them to trust me. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to see characters that, you know, more than you will care to admit when the movie is over. Very true. Especially um, if you were, if you grew up in this time. Yeah. And if, uh, even now a lot of it translates, yeah. but and if, you know, if I know someone really would have a problem with, with all of the, the language and, 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 and the sex talk, cause it's not like we see a lot of, we don't see sex in this film. Right. We, we hear a lot of talk about it. Um, but if, if I knew, so I would be like, if you can get past that, I would use the exact same argument. 
you're gonna see you're gonna you're gonna identify with these guys way more than you think is possible <laughs> um, and and it's and it's true i there's i don't think anybody can watch this and honestly say that they don't see something of themselves in these characters yeah yeah i i i concur well mark thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on this show this is a really good discussion i had a lot of fun and real quick quick before you go real quick real quick before you go do you want to go ahead and, and do your plugs again oh absolutely uh, if you if you uh if you want to listen to the visually stunning movie podcast uh the easiest way to do so is to follow us on twitter at vs movie podcast um or you can jump to our website vsmoviepodcast.com uh we're also on youtube visually stunning movie podcast a lot of our episodes wind up going there uh but not all that's why i suggest twitter is your first option uh, okay. uh, we are shifting our our uh distribution from a, from a personal website to a cast, although the website will still be up for written reviews uh, and okay. everything else. But if you, uh, if you're an a cast user, you can find us there now too. Very basically cool. any place else you get a podcast, you can find us. Awesome. Well, we'll have to have you back soon. Thank you so much again. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I'll have to, I'll have to pick another fun one to talk about. That. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>